Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello, and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. My name is Lisa, I'm your host, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with our very own coach, Laura Baird. I'm so excited to introduce her to you because her story is super interesting, and I think a lot of people can relate to a lot of the struggles that she has gone through, that she's still perhaps at times going through, Um, and I think also just seeing how she really gets into the nitty-gritty things and the deeper-rooted habit issues or habits that clients and we we everyone actually has is going to be a super interesting conversation so laura welcome to the show i'm excited to to speak with you today hi lisa thank you very much for having me and joining me in on this conversation i'm, I'm very pleased to be here thank you yeah i'd love to just start off with you know who is laura how did you get into nutrition coaching or even just in general how did you become interested in in nutrition and training and a little bit of your story in that sense so if you want to um tell us a bit more about yourself oh thank you yeah so i'll dive in as as many of us growing up kids we are all active in some way or another and I always played sports so when I was in my mid-teens I had excuse me I had a senior coach approach uh, myself and a few younger athletes encouraging us to hit the gym so that we were better on the court so for basketball and volleyball and whatever that might be so that was my first introduction to strength training and I found out right away that I was really intrigued with this and how I felt stronger right away. And it kind of gave us a different focus rather than just the actual sport on the court. And I, I one thing I do distinctly remember is um, actually being able to do a chin up, not right away, but I thought that that was, you know, this is really cool. What could, what else could this bring? So um, that was my first introduction to strength training. I, after high school, I went into university and I I did study, study kinesiology, although I, transparency, I didn't finish my degree. I thought, well, everybody that I'm talking to who is graduating with their degree is going in and being a personal trainer. And I thought, I'm in a small town. I'm, I'm the Canadian cohort on the, on the team. And I grew up in a small town in, on the prairies. And I thought, I don't want to be here. I, you know, I went to university in a bigger city, but I, I was called to some sort of corporate. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. I just, I wanted to explore. I wanted to be in a big city and, and have more of the amenities that were there and more opportunities. So I, I moved to a bigger city. I moved to Calgary, Alberta, and I started working in the oil and gas industry as a lot of people did. And this was like the early 2000s when I moved. So um, you can do the math, then it kind of uh, portrays exactly where I was at that time. But I was in my uh, my early 20s and I was in, immersed in this corporate world and I had like I was floundering, really. Uh, however, during this time, I continued to go to the gym. I was I, I, I I'm holding off on saying training because I, I went to the gym. You know, you, you'd kind of browse the equipment and I still really enjoyed it. I didn't really have any direction and whatnot. So, 
and the, it, this does all tie together. <laughs> we, you know, going into a big city and having a, a big social life because everything is new and the stimulus and there's all these places. And so although I was still working out, I did not have the body that I thought that I wanted. And my lifestyle was just not conducive to how I wanted to look or feel. I felt terrible. So I, uh, and I, I was in the oil and gas industry for over 15 years. I, you know, I, I, made, I, I did work hard and I made my way up the corporate ladder, so to speak. So it, it was rewarding in that sense. I learned a lot about myself and about other people within this, within that experience. I, I did start to do my self-education. I took some courses, um, along the lines and learned more about nutrition and how you can help support your nutrition. I, I did learn about macros, macro flexible dieting, all that sort of thing about 10 years ago. And that really intrigued me. So I was like, hmm, what, what else could this, what else could this do for me? So I did kind of take the leap down that way. And in retrospect, I look back now and I actually had quite a few women that I, that I knew that were reaching out, like, what do you do in the gym? What do I eat and all that sort of thing. And I, so that kind of encouraged me to keep digging deeper, looking into what, what else could I help offer? Not that it was, it was a business at that time. It was just, Oh, I, I like helping people. Mm. So, and, um, I got married in my mid thirties. And then we had, a, we had our child seven, seven and a half years ago and going through that process and going back to work after having our daughter, I thought, I don't want to be on call during the weekends. I don't want to have this full schedule work. And I just happened to fall upon a health coach certification. And it wasn't a weekend course. It was a six month course. And I thought, I am one of those people that if I see something that intrigues me, I have to go and jump on it right away. Otherwise, I'll fester on it. I'll think too too much into it and I won't take action. So I pretty much just signed up and took action. And it was, it was enlightening. And one of the reasons that it intrigued me so much and I thought it was so different. Like at, the, at that time, I didn't have my training certification. I had some nutrition courses and knowledge and stuff, but I wanted what could make me kind of have, have a different perspective and take me down a different route than the traditional of what I saw in my head. So it was really rewarding in the sense that it was, um, we, it was a deeper dive into our habits and how they are very deeply rooted from could be five days ago to 50 years ago and how they can manifest and they show up in our lives in many, many different ways. So I was very intrigued. And then that was really kind of the catalyst into diving more again into more nutrition. And I, cause I'm kind of like the black and white, it would, the gray area was really, really challenging for me. So it was, it was, it was a stretch into let's, let's navigate this gray area. But I also wanted the black and white, which is where the nutrition courses came in and, and the map nutrition and all that sort of stuff. And I did get my training certifications just because I felt like it was just, that's the whole that's that encompasses the whole picture. So that is kind of that's how I I ended up with more of the uh, the the health coach certification and how that brought me more to the nutrition side as well. And also how I 
like I mentioned earlier, my lifestyle was just not, it was not a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, sure. I was going to the gym. I didn't really have any direction until, you know, you're training for 20 years and you're thinking like, where's my muscle? Like, shouldn't <laughs> I be having muscle at this point? So I, I really I, like that point, actually, because I think a lot of people come to us and they say, hey, I think I'm eating kind of healthy-ish, um, maybe not so much on the weekend, but generally I try to watch what I'm eating and I exercise, but I don't see the results. So um, I think the the thing that you um, addressed here is that, hey, it is about the whole entire week. It's not, you know, you can't just do a couple of things and things think that that's all good it does come down to the 80 90 of the things that we're we're doing and unfortunately you know three days of a weekend that is much more um than 10 or 20 percent <laughs> so as much as people like to think oh the weekend you know that that'll be fine if i just you know uh, go a little bit off the rails during that time but it does amount to a lot more than we think usually and um, the other thing that stood out to me is that it, it really does sound like, I mean, I, I know you, I've known you for several years now, and I know that you are a, well, a helper to, to you, you enjoy helping other people. That is, you know, your purpose, it gives you pleasure. And that is what part of what makes you such a great coach, because um, you truly, I think, and your clients, I'm, I know can feel that you have empathy for other people for their situations for their struggles as well so for instance i listened to a podcast this morning um like i'm currently trying to listen to more nutrition and training podcasts in spanish to improve my spanish and the guy on there i mean he was doctor doctor whatever you know super knowledgeable etc and the interviewer he kept asking him um hey It, what what is like where can people start when it comes to healthy eating where can people start and the doctor kept on saying it's all about discipline it's all about discipline it's all about discipline no matter where you are no matter what you can always choose whatever goes into your mouth and I was thinking to myself like yeah no that's not how it works <laughs> you know like yes there are like the five percent or whatever of people out there that literally are quote-unquote robots that you know you they for them food is just fuel it can't could taste as bland as they would like if you'd give them a pill of their required nutrients per day they would probably take it but then there's the rest of the population like us where you know food is being social food is culture food is enjoyment food is stress release food is yes of course we want to nourish our body but at the same time there is so much more and you mentioned one really important point those deeply rooted habits but also just the things that we copy from our parents from childhood like it starts there and you you are a mom you work with some moms as well or with a lot of moms um and I mean one thing that you do so beautifully too is like hey it's this coaching is not just about um your health you you as in the mom but it is also about what perhaps could you already teach your child and how can you be a good example for your child so that it's not like the parents eat one thing and your child can eat whatever crap they want until they're 16 and overweight and then suddenly they need to go on their first diet no we don't want that so I guess um, my my question to you is like when you work with someone and they're like Oh, but I just, you know, I, I'm so stressed at night or like whenever I come home, I want to have this and that. Like where where do you even start when it comes to these deeply rooted habits with people? 
Yeah. So first off, thank you for the for the kind words. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of backtrack a little bit on on the discipline aspect that you keep bringing up because it is true. Like there's there are there's a lot of information out there. You just need to be disciplined. And then and then as as your question, where do you even start? So we get these ideals. Well, I'm not disciplined enough to be able to follow through this. It's I'm never going to be able to go to the gym three days a week and train. And then I don't like I don't want to give up my ice cream. So I'm not disciplined enough to have the physique that I want. And it's really quite sad because I say. It's not always about discipline. Yeah, there are times when you you might want to gravitate towards something else. However, it's getting to that point where you actually want to, mm -hmm. where you can feel yourself flourishing in the sense that I, I'm empowered because I am making these decisions. Now that I have, you know, I start with my clients, everybody is so individualized, which is why I love this connection-based coaching because some have been training for 20 years. Some would like, would really love to be able to work out two, three days a week. So everybody's starting at their own spot. And it's also, as you mentioned, those deeply rooted beliefs and habits that we have from when we were young, they, they start, they, they, they perpetuate. And then we, they start to come out when you start doing, paying attention and start doing more of the, the, the internal work, they always, always pop up. And it's just, it's intriguing. And it's also inspiring for me to be on this side and say, Ooh, did you even recognize that this is something that you've been doing for 20 years? And a lot of the time it's, wow, I had no idea that that was connected and that could even be holding me back. So with the roundabout way into your question was the discipline part. Yes, it does take discipline. However, the deeply rooted is, do I really want to? What do I really want? And how can I make this into a part of my lifestyle so that my children can see that these are the foods that are nourishing me? I don't, let's, it's not good or bad. These are nourishing foods. Like my daughter is seven and a half and we've, I've been working for quite a few years on the importance of protein. What does protein do? And she likes to flex her muscles. I'm like, this is a great start. <laughs> and we, right, like there's no, and there are, there is ice cream and there's candy once in a while. And I also educate on, do you know that candy has a lot of sugar and it might not make you feel very good. It's the same. I it's like the, same the education concept. part. Yeah, absolutely. That is so important. Not just telling, Hey, do this, don't do that. But also like, this is okay. This is your choices. You know, you have the choice to eat this or that. Or I think one thing that you have told me about once before was, um, she has like a certain allotment, let's just say like she can have a, a Zevia or, you know, whatever, like, like per week, perhaps um, once or twice, she can have a candy and she can decide when she wants to have that. If she wants to have that, all of that Monday morning, you know, her budget is off. And I think that's that for the rest of the week, she can't have that. And I think that's such a cool way to teach um, decision making. And also, I mean, macro counting is the same thing. Yeah, you you can have a 2000 calorie breakfast, sure. But if your total calorie budget for the day is 2200, you're going to be pretty darn hungry for the rest of the day. <laughs> so I mean, this yeah. is your decision, though, it's your your choice. Absolutely. And I guess also going back to the ice cream piece, there's uh, we're definitely obviously not saying that someone should have ice cream all the time and it is a matter of discipline but you know we don't want to we, we want to make that again like are you having the ice cream every every single day 
because it's a habit because you're simply used to coming home from work and straight away you're going to the freezer and grabbing the ice cream or whatever it is or are you actually pausing making the conscious decision of like cool I'm gonna have a proper dinner first I'm gonna sit down have some conversation with my husband maybe do a little bit of a meditation and then maybe I want the ice cream maybe I don't or maybe I save the ice cream quote-unquote habit for um, just whenever we're out on vacation or whenever there's a special occasion for it or whatever. Like there is such a big difference to that, but just simply saying like, hey, it's always about discipline. I think that's the wrong approach. Yeah, agreed. And even just going back to the, it, it seems very simple about the ice cream. And my question would be, why? Why are you reaching for the ice cream? What happened during the day? Is this the time when... Um, the evenings, it's we we're decision fatigued. We don't want to make any more decisions. We feel like we were rock solid, and then it's it's the kids are acting out, whatever it is, and you just want to unplug and you just feel like I just need something. Okay, so if you want to have the ice cream again, there's no good or bad. It's what are you actually thinking and feeling during that time before you're reaching for that ice cream? Like you mentioned, sometimes it's a habit. And other times it's wanting to numb out those feelings. Mm -hmm. um, we want to have, we want to feel that comfort because we felt so discomfort, so much discomfort during this time. And that could be rooted from when you were a kid and your, your parents were coming home from, from work around that time. And it was a stressful situation. And that can manifest over many, many years. It's very, it's very intriguing to, to time kind of, Take a step back and just, okay, so I'm really curious. What is really going on for you at this point? Do well, you even that, enjoy the ice cream during that time? That is such a good point. So so often we're like just thinking of that next spoon of that next spoon and not even, you know, enjoying it slowly or savoring it per se. Sometimes even um, when people eat on the go or, you know, standing up, whatever, in the kitchen with the freezer still open, it's like, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. are you, did you actually enjoy every bite of that or not like slow down? That's such a good point, I think, sometimes to make. Um, the other thing that I actually really love about some of the recipes that you share or that I've seen um, you personally practice, but also with your clients, etc., is, hey, um, I, often there's like a, a stimulus around a certain food or, or a perception around a certain food. Let's say, let's take that ice cream again or pizza or whatever it is. And you often think, um, cool, we can all have that, but maybe there's a way we can make that healthier or calorie friendlier or macro friendlier. I love that. So like you have an amazing ice cream recipe that mm -hmm. I got to try a couple of months, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, it's high in protein, super low in fat, Cool. And you still have the notion or the feeling of I'm having ice cream and you're also teaching your daughter um, she can still have ice cream where she can, you know, like it's still that let's have taco night, let's have pizza night. And you might have a cauliflower base or you might have a, a really thin pizza base or whatever. But like, how can we make a food that's normally really high in calories and difficult to get satiated with in regular life how can we make that um into something healthier and yeah i just i just love that i think that that's such a a good way to go about certain meals well and thank you and as you said it's it's important because with with kids they're going to be going to birthday parties there's going to be um, you know and we you go out to eat and there are these these mac and cheese and stuff so how can we incorporate that at home make it a little bit more fun but also have a healthier spin on it so it's 
half half the pasta that you would normally have and let's have have um zucchini noodles or something it all it all depends like you can put the sauce on it that's just so there are a lot of ways you can approach that again it's very individual on what some people I might say something about rice cauliflower and I know someone out there is listening and they're like not in my house I am not doing that and that's okay there are a lot of other options so and and with that with on, on that note too it's also not restricting because there's also that restricting, restricting and over-exercising. I find that over-exercising is a lot easier than actually looking into the nutrition. It's like, oh, if I exercise more, if I do, if I do a spin, if I do all this, then it kind of mitigates everything that I did. And it, it clearly does not work. That's why that's a big portion of why are some of our clients come to us. It's like, I'm working out and I'm eating healthy, quote unquote, right? Because they don't, they may not know what they don't know. And so they, they, they spiral. I've been down this road, spiraling down that over-exercising and trying to, you know, quash everything that we did the day before or the week before. And then that spirals and then nothing happens and you just feel poorly in your body and Dis your and, and disappointed about you know you're putting in all that hard work and like why is it not paying off and do I like what are the other options like can I add more more exercise no I'm already doing this in that many hours and I can't possibly eat less sometimes either so that's really really tricky and I think one of the main things um partly respond not partly responsible for it but one of the things that I don't like is that um you often like with the the calorie and step and activity trackers nowadays like firstly you're being shown a false number and second of all um just often you're even if, if you're on a cardio machine you're nearly forced to look at that number and it's like oh you're great you've like run for 20 minutes and you're already 250 calories down and then maybe at the same time you're thinking oh sweet that means I can have that extra whatever bar later on or maybe you're thinking oh cool now I'm not feeling so guilty about having five slices of pizza yesterday but that's just there should not be a connection between the two The exercise I, should be yeah. fun. The exercise piece should be for the sculpting. It shouldn't be for burning something off because um, that can really lead to a very unhealthy relationship with exercise or 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 food for that matter, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I absolutely agree. And it's I, I like to approach it, you know, okay, so you you can you can read your metrics on whatever device, but how do you actually feel? Because I've been down that where I'm like I mentioned earlier. I don't, the gray area is such a challenge for me. So how can I, how can I extend my wings so that I'm not so much black or white and I get hung up on the metrics. I sure, I certainly do. I didn't reach my 10,000 steps today. That's really going to bother me. Mm -hmm. So I can, I can, awesome. I can bring this into my coaching scenarios with my clients and say, okay, so I've been there. I know what it's like. So rather than let's focus, let's not focus on that number right now. It's how do you, how do you feel? And if, if you feel like that, okay, so that's 250 calories that I'm going to go eat that pizza. How do you feel after that pizza? Not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. Do you feel like it was worth it? And this it actually ties back to what we were talking about before. Did you actually enjoy it? Did you taste what it, what it tasted like? Yeah. So it's, yeah. as you can see, like we, we keep diving into these little corners, uh, these dark corners, which we don't want to shed light on. However, that's when the true um, 
that's when everything kind of comes to light is when you when you want to reach down those those deep corners and mm-hmm. it's when when it's just so extremely re- rewarding when my clients have those revelations and those it it helps them to make steps forward oh absolutely so. cuz i mean we need to we always say awareness precedes change, right? Like what you're not aware of, you might not even think that just the fact that you come home and you soothe with, with food um, is linked to something in your, in your childhood or, you know, whatever, like we don't necessarily think of that, that your parent, you copy so many of the eating habits that your parents show have shown you in the past. Um, I do, before we talk a little bit more about the restriction piece, perhaps I do want to, um, touch on something else before um I know that you are still a master at um like with the with the meals like your taco night etc you're like a master at hey we're having a meal together but at the same time it's really customized to your daughter to your husband and to you and so I think that that could it can be a cool tip for people to have because um often some moms especially say I don't want to cook three different dinners you know I'm on this on this calorie uh I only have this calorie budget, et cetera. I want to eat higher protein. Um, my husband doesn't eat X, Y, Z, or he's always super hungry at night. He could eat three times the amount and my child is picky. So like, how do I go about this? And um, yeah, I think you, I'll, I'll let you share some of the tips that you have on that front, perhaps maybe, maybe by the example of taco night or however you do it. Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's something that, um, that I share quite often, especially with my clients, because as moms and as parents and whatnot. So yeah, I, I like to base it on our approach really is let's focus on protein. What kind of protein can we incorporate at every meal, right? We, we both know how important that is. We can go, we can talk all day about how the, the importance of it. So that's what I base my meals on. And also just, and to tie this in, as a, as a, as a, as a mom, as a family, even at, with my daughter being down in half routine and having things consistent is just as important to her as it is for me. She's like, Oh, it's taco Tuesday. So we, we traditionally have, and this is just how our family works, have those similarities over week to week. Things could change already, but I, 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 I break it down into the, the protein. So I'll have taco seasoning on, you know, on, ground chicken or ground turkey or extra lean ground beef. And then I'll base our meals off of that. So I will, I love to have my sauteed veggies. Um, you know, I can throw some quinoa, sweet potatoes, whatever I create my meals. And then, you know, my, I don't, unfortunately cheese doesn't overly agree with me, but my two just love cheese. So we'll have uh, burritos or they'll have tacos and we always have vegetables or you know, a taco salad and whatnot. So I, I really base the meals on the protein that I'm, that I'm making. And then side note, I always make extra protein. So if, if that means you have three kids, let's throw two packages of the ground turkey. So that you have some leftover for the next day, because you have sports and you have these things that come up on the weeknights specifically, we're all busy. So if you have that protein cooked, have some extra quinoa in the fridge or, you know, some wraps, then you have a quick dinner on hand. The protein is ready. You have the extra, you have the veggies in in the fridge. You quickly cut them up. So I like to batch. I'm in the kitchen already. What can I, what am I'm thinking ahead and what are we having? What's on the agenda for tomorrow? What can I have on hand? If that means right now I'm 
you know, I'm cooking up some ground meat or whatever. I have 20 minutes. I can throw some chicken breasts in the instant pot or in the oven and cook those while I'm in the, uh, in the, in, I'm already in the kitchen. Sometimes I cook quinoa in the mornings when I'm making breakfast or, or you throw rice in the rice cooker. So I like to stack things. It's just like habits. It's the, it might seem really, really simple. It's not always easy to implement. There are simple strategies, but what can, what does that look like for you? You know, maybe you go home for lunch and you have 20 minutes. So you have everything prepared in the fridge. Maybe the meal itself isn't prepared. So that's the other thing that I like to revert to is not meals specifically, but having those ingredients cooked and ready to go and easily accessible for anybody. You know, you have your cheese strings in the fridge for when those kids are, are hungry after school. Have make If you make um, waffles or pancakes on the weekend, make extra so you can freeze them. So throw them in the toaster in the morning. And, and that's a really, really easy breakfast. Have some Greek yogurt and some berries. And there's your, you know, I like to do whatever I can to expedite the actual meal times because that seems to be the craziest times especially breakfast and dinner so I don't know if that was a long-winded answer no to your I love it I think there were a lot of gems in there such as the importance of routine for kids I think that's so great but again you're not completely changing um your daughter's world and saying like oh waffles and pancakes and tacos are bad you're like okay how can we make this healthier you have your protein pancakes or protein waffles etc and um again like those hand things like wrap you know that's so great it lasts in the fridge forever if, if even if you don't need it in that week or whatever um, it's there if someone needs a quick carb source one day here it is or um, even uh, these pre-cooked ch chicken strips or, or turkey or, or um, tuna or whatever they might not necessarily be as great as a fresh chicken breast tasting or you know maybe sometimes with some pre preservatives but when it's about speed and that versus eating out or ordering out or whatever that's still a better option because at least you're in control of what oil or whatever is not in there etc so I think that's some really great examples um, in the sense of basing meals around protein um, and one thing uh, that you and I initially also spoke about because that's something we have in common is like the fear of certain foods in our past or like from the restriction perspective. So I uh, have shared before several times that I had done, you know, whatever diet, paleo, low carb, etc. before I had found macros and kind of felt liberated through that. Um, still, sometimes I catch myself still feeling a little bit, quote unquote, guilty when I, I want to say like violate some of my rules or I guess sometimes it's just because it's awareness also so like one of my rules is always having protein first in the morning before I have carbs so like I every now and then I'll treat myself to um you know uh, a, 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 a croissant or whatever in the morning but I'm like pedantic about having a protein shake prior but on occasion especially when I'm traveling I might be violating one of those rules and I do feel guilty afterwards. It's such a strange thing. And I do think, of course, part of it is that I kind of know what it does to my body if I don't follow my rules. <laughs> so so I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think sometimes people are under the perception that you at some point you get you get to a place where you're just 
always feeling great about your nutrition. You're never feeling guilty about anything. You never have any thoughts of restriction. And I mean, let's be honest, that's just not the reality of it. Even if you are generally super happy with your nutrition, generally in a healthy relationship with food, there are going to be days where you're feeling perhaps maybe I shouldn't have eaten that, or maybe I ate too much of X, Y, Z, and I'm feeling bloated now. Um, I don't know. Well, A, a I don't know if, if you're experiencing those feelings from time to time too, when you're quote unquote violating some of your rules, um, or just in the sense of your, your clients too, like when they share with you how they feel the next day, or if you're breaking a barrier with someone who is like terrified of of, let's just stick with the carbs or simple carbs or, you know, um, something that they have. Yeah. How, how do you deal with that? Is that a topic at all? Oh, yes. Yes. And I absolutely, I still struggle with that. I absolutely do. It's, oh, okay. So this is, this is more carbohydrates than I tend to eat. And, and I, those, those feelings pop up. The important thing is not just shoving it away. And this is something that I really am very diligent with my clients as well. These are I want you to be able to feel what that feels like. Don't push it away. Let's try to bring it to the forefront and say, you know what? It's okay. I'm having these feelings because I do too. I still do. They're still there. Right now, I have more awareness about why I might be feeling this way and being okay. Another thing that you said are rules. I am just as guilty. Like I put too many rules around things. So what do we do? Some, again, this is very individualized, but what do some of us do when we have all of these rules yeah. over time, we just get sick of the damn rules. Like, let's just, let's just kind of break those rules. And then that's when the floodgates can open. And for some, it could really spiral. And for others, it might just be a small blip at the, at the same time, let's identify what are the rules and restrictions you're putting on yourself and why. So rather than having all of these rules, because I, this is definitely something that I notice. It's like, oh, I'm tired of these rules. You kind of just get sick and tired of always having to follow the rules. And this, this can, this can manifest in all aspects of life, not just nutrition. So it's, it's allowing some of the nudging your way past the rules, but not veering too far without restricting if that makes sense. It's just, we get this verbiage. So let's reframe that. I'm not putting rules around anything. It's really, what is the meaning behind this? And why do I feel like this? Mm -hmm. So, and that's personal experience as well. Like why? So, you know, I, I, we've had this chat about, I've, I had this um, health episode where my, my, the scale went, weight went up in like 10 pounds in eight in six to eight weeks. And I was like, what is going on? I didn't know what was going on. So anytime that I have you know, a blip on the scale, I have those reoccurring fears because I've been there before. What is really going on? What is this really going to jump up another 10 pounds? So that that's one example of how this can, how this can show up in your life. It could be and a lot of it. You and I both know a lot of the triggers are from the number on the scale. Mm -hmm. And it could be, again, deeply rooted from something else. It could be, you know, when, when you were a teenager, and we go through these really big growth spurts, and then the hormones kick in, and then you could just, you could be a bigger person than you were six months prior. And that was very, very triggering. And now even though that was 20, 25 years ago, we still have that 
those fears in our body, they're trapped there. So rather than pushing it away, let's say, okay, so where is this really coming from? Let's just take a step back. Yesterday, you had extra sodium in your food and you had more, more, more carbohydrates. So your muscles are nice and full. So this is why the scale has gone up. But do what, what is that feeling that is coming up for you? And does it, do you, do you feel that every once in a while? Like, where is this actually stemming from? So I know I keep, I keep brushing upon the surface, but then I, I, I'm hitting. No, the, it's, the I mean, these are all off. topics that are like, you can go so, so deep and we can even just, you know, talk about one of those topics, uh, probably for an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I like that you said, or that you emphasized was the rule part, the rule aspect. Um, And For the most part, uh, I think on average, the uh, most people don't have enough rules for themselves, meaning mm -hmm. the average person is uh, way too easily carried away with what I want to do right now with with that uh, that whole um, instant gratification thing and unable to resist that. Because, I mean, uh, our modern life is designed around that in the sense of like your quick dopamine hit with your phone, with um, you drive down a road and there's a gazillion things that that you can order, that you can eat, et cetera. And like the average person does not have enough rules around that. And I think um, for people like you and I actually, often rules, they give me a sense of security. They give me a sense in a busy life, in a crazy life, in a where a lot of things are, I, I cannot control or I don't have control over. I know I have my routines and for the most part, I do have self-discipline going back to the dis discipline part. So it is important. It doesn't play an important role. And, um, but every now and then when you feel like your rules, when you are a too strict with your rules and there's never an exception on anything, then it can backlash in my experience with, with clients or just generally, um, or just if you have way, 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 way too many rules and you can never you're never allowing yourself to um even just for a moment just sit and think and be because you're a human being you're not just a human doing if it's literally just going from a to b to c to, and that's your whole entire day you never are able to do to do what you're wanting to do or you know leaving any room to breathe and think that's not right either but generally speaking I, I am a lover of rules. I will never deny that. Um, but yeah, there is there is a place when we can take it too far from time to time. And I think we need to, each one of us needs to find the right amount. And again, this is not a place where we ever get to a point where all of our days are going to be spot on. And you're like, yay. Um, mm -hmm. I sometimes have, have days where I think maybe I was a little bit too lax with my rules today. And then I have other days where I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I should have accepted that invitation to go there and instead of just trying to follow my schedule because it was my schedule type of thing. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't know if you have similar experiences or thoughts on this. Oh, definitely I do. And again, this this it, that's why it's so important with what is what is your personality and what where are these rules? And like I mentioned earlier, like can we nudge Can we nudge that line a little bit so that it gets to be a little bit more playful, a little bit more fun? However, still having those rule, those quote unquote rules or just barriers or, um, you know, again, being really diligent with why, why do I have this, this certain rule? Because since we're talking about that and how, how can that be? you know, implemented into my life. So I totally well, that, I, I like that. that question of the why do I have that? Because sometimes we have certain rules just because we've always had them. 
And it's like, I've been doing this and that for so many years, but is it serving me or how is it even serving me? So these are great questions to address uh, on a regular basis. And oftentimes, if you don't have a coach, a mentor, or or even just a friend partner who is as reflective um, as you'd like them to be, um, we we don't pause to ask those questions. Like no one is going to remind us. So I, I love that you address some of these things um, with your clients. Um, and I, I know we we could keep talking forever here. Mm -hmm. I, I'm really enjoying our conversation. And I, I know that a lot of other people are going to get some value out of it too. Um, but yeah, just generally speaking, I, um, I'm wondering if you might have like a couple of takeaways for our listeners here also or for your clients in the sense of, um, yeah, how to become more investigative about what you're doing when you're doing how you're eating how you're living your life really I guess yeah no great question and again it's so individual but it's also it's where where do you see yourself in six months and it or or, or a year if you continue in this direction what does that look like mm -hmm. and if you feel like you're still doing the same thing in six months or a year what can you slowly do to incorporate change so that you are not at that place mm -hmm. so for example especially with women that are are transitioning from 30s to 40s what you did in your 20s is is great we can recover well we can eat kind of a little bit more laxadaisy it starts to it starts to manifest and in the 40s that's when everything starts to come to surface the stress that you had um, you know, many of many moms had their kids in their late twenties, early thirties. So you're kind of coming down from that high. So what can you do now to mitigate that stress? How can you address that stress working on sleep? Are you, are you really overtraining some, like you're, you're, we're blinded by the overtraining and you think you're, you, you, we have this perception that our nutrition is good too. So I, I encourage you to really take a step back and look into what is it that I'm really doing? Is this serving me? Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, ask somebody, it, it doesn't even have to be a coach. I mean, that's a great approach, obviously, but ask someone mm -hmm. because we like, even me, I, I talk to you, Lisa. It's like, am I like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm so rigid in this. I need, I need to expand my aperture. Can you please help me? Because I'm so tunnel vision right now. I just, I need someone with a different perspective. That is such a great point. It can it can literally be anyone who is, you know, objective enough or who is willing enough to give you an honest answer as well. And 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 the the whole perspective in terms of exercise and um where are you in in six years' time or so when it comes to overexercising is such a good point because in the end, like why are we all training? Well, of course we want to look good. That's probably the primary point for most of us. But then um, the other point should be or hopefully is that to, to live a long and, and healthy life, essentially, or especially maybe the other way around a healthy and long life. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But yeah, because even or especially with the overtraining, it's not just our hormones that can take a hit. It is joints primarily. It is, you know, injuries that we where you yeah. think in the moment, oh, it's not so bad. I'm not going to go and see anyone. I'm not going to do anything about it because I might have to take a few weeks or months even off. But then in the end, 
it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. Where is this going to be at in six years time? And I think, yeah, that's a that's a really good reminder. So thank you for that question. Um, I truly encourage everyone to ask themselves this question more often or to have someone else um, who they can bounce these ideas off of. And um, yeah, I will most definitely link your Instagram handle in the show notes, but hopefully by now everyone is already following you on Instagram because you do give out some some nice recipes and um some tips on there occasionally also um and I just really appreciate your time and you coming on here well thank you Lisa I appreciate the conversation the open the open platform to talk to to talk about whatever it is on our hearts so I appreciate that awesome thank you Laura thank you for tuning in if you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe leave a review or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Coaching and Life or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.